Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. My guest today is narrator Connor Craze. Welcome back to Audiobook Lovin', Connor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, good. Very, very busy. But that's a good problem to have. Yes, it is, especially for the listeners, too. So you won't complain. <laughs> I hope so. I'm hoping they're not getting sick of me. Nah, I don't think the consensus is that at all. So I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> for those that are new to the Audiobook Living family, Connor made his podcast debut last year here and uh, became the voice of the Audiobook Living series. The intro and the outro that occurs in June and then recorded about 86 books between now and then and survived an interview with Kaylee Loring. So yeah, a lot has happened in a year. <laughs> yes, surviving Kaylee. <laughs> yeah, um, I've included links to the previous posts for listeners to check in and catch up on because we've discussed things um, like processes, accents, and routines in previous chats today we're just basically just catching up and um you guys can catch up with by listening to those episodes so we're just catching up again so with that said for those who may not know you so much why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been narrating and how you became a narrator just real quick um so i uh i've been doing voiceover for uh over a decade now and i haven't done the math in a while um and I was an actor. Uh, I've done some TV and uh, I did a lot of Shakespeare theater. Uh, and then uh, Ava Lucas contacted me and was like, hey, I think you'd, uh, you have a good voice for this. And I had no idea about romance. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, had, I had no idea the first time I was on your show. I have a much better idea now. Uh, I've learned a lot in the last year. Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i started uh i got involved in the in the romance world and not too long after i did that podcast with you it just exploded um i am i am booked wall to wall until september um and uh even then i have stuff in september and november and december mm -hmm. um so uh managing all that and trying to make sure that i uh i can still see my family and that i'm not taking on too much was a uh, was a tough balance, but I think I, I think I'm really getting the hang of it. Hopefully. Yeah. That's a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've turned down a bunch. I mean, I'm, I feel very, very fortunate, but it was, mm -hmm. it was certainly a learning curve. Um, because the other thing is I've been doing voiceover for a long time, but, uh, to, to record long form narration on a regular basis. Um, it's just a different thing to know to know how much audio I can reasonably do in a day uh, or reasonably accomplish in a week. Um, and I have young kids and a wife. And so uh, there's random things that happen on a day where uh, my wife really needs my help. So then I got to kind of budget that in as well because uh, mm -hmm. I want to be able to be here and help out. Um, so. So trying to figure out uh, that balance, uh, certainly, certainly a good problem to have. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative, but a problem nonetheless where I was like, I got to make sure that I'm not 
biting off more than I could chew. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, that was a trick. Yeah. I remember as soon as that episode published, I had people like, Oh my God, who's that voice? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, did you not listen to the intro? It says Connor Grace. (laughs) Because I guess I'm that sarcastic friend. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were like, Hey, you know, available, like shoot him an email, check it out. Uh, but they really, the community as a whole, both listeners and authors have really fallen for your narration style, but also you as an individual and your sense of humor, especially on Twitter. Um, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I try to try to have fun mm-hmm. online. Yeah. One of the things that was hilariously fun when we talked last year was because you were relatively new at the time, um, we're talking about prepping a book and how it's important to know when an accent pops in and you've been chapter 25 and all of a sudden, oh, that's right. It's, I haven't done the, you know, the accent for 25 chapters and you were adamant that that wouldn't happen to you. So now it's been a year. Has that happened at all yet or no? Be honest. Um, <laughs> there was a book. I won't mention the title, mm-hmm. but they, they, you know, some, you, you have to balance the author and production company. Um, and what they request, uh, versus what you think is a good idea. I know I, this didn't happen to me, but I know another narrator who really, really wanted to do uh, a British accent for this like sword and sorcery series. And they're like, no, just general American. Um, and, and she just didn't feel that was right, but you know, they, they hire you, they pay the bills. So they, you know, they, what they want is what they get, but that, information doesn't necessarily get translated to the listener um, Mm -hmm. who will, you know, artistically you have, you know, you think the listener will not, will be like, this just isn't, doesn't fit right. Um, So I was requested to do just neutral. Um, And there was uh, a mention of an accent in the book. And some people were like, Hey, that's what's the deal with that. Um, So, and I, I maybe, this was earlier on, so I didn't feel like I could maybe say as much. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yep, you got it, whatever, whatever you want. And I think I think now I'd be like, hey, just for this, maybe. Be- and I, I actually bring that up a lot more because it's actually come up twice after that. I learned a lesson from that. Um, it, uh, yeah, I, I think twice after that where where the author was like, yeah, yeah, no accents, no accents. And, I'm, and I was like, uh, well, you you wrote like four or five times in your book about mentioning <laughs> about like what this voice sounds like with an accent uh, and men and stressing that it's like, Oh, that accent is so sexy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I, I feel like we should at least at the very least, like when they're emotional, um, that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, uh, midpoint so that if the author doesn't want the whole book in that accent, which, which is fair because, you know, reading and listening, uh, can be very similar, except it's like, well, I don't actually want the whole book in that accent because um, it's just a different experience. Um, so one way to get around that is that this person mostly speaks in a traditional American accent, except when they get uh, really uh, emotional. So turned on or angry or, or uh, um, sad, then the accent can come out. And that way you can you can bridge both. So when the character talks about their accent, 
the, re- the listener is not like, well, that's weird. They haven't spoken in the accent at all. Um, they'd be like, well, oh, it comes out when they're emotional. But then the rest of the book can just be in that general American zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so so it kind of happened early. And I was like, I, I had to figure out how to negotiate that. Um, and I, I feel like I, I have a better handle on that now. I think sometimes um, gets past the production company or the authors to tell the production company to let you guys know, hey, there's an accent or not or whatever. But I think now everybody's a little a lot more open about having these conversations where the narratives can turn around and say, hey, notice this. And are we going to do that or not? So that's good. that you're Right. Doing that. Right. Well, that, that was the other thing I needed to learn. And hopefully I'm, I'm writing that line. And I always try and work on that in a book. But, you know there can be acting in the book and I, I enjoy the acting part very much, but you just, you don't want too much because it's not, it's not a, it's not a screenplay. It's not a play. It's not a, a, a radio drama um, where it's just dialogue because there's, there's a lot of uh, prose and a lot of uh, things describing scenes. And if there's too much in every line, it, just, it would just be too much to listen to, you know, so, so riding that line between having a point of view and being the character the whole time, but also being like, I, I climbed into the truck, you know, I don't want to make a big moment of, I climbed into the truck. Like you just need, I climbed into the truck and then we drove to the restaurant and like, you know, and maybe I have some of the elements of like, I'm sitting next to the girl and I'm excited, but like, I'm just conveying that I'm getting into the truck and driving to the restaurant. I don't want to make that so important every every line so important and filled with emotion because it, it would just be too much for a, a, a six-hour book mm-hmm. yeah for you to perform it that way but also for the listener because we're going okay yeah, what's so well, important yeah. about him yeah. being in the truck <laughs> what is he trying to tell exactly us? exactly um and yeah and and the really emotional parts wouldn't hit because yeah you know everything is so important and nothing's important so exactly well see it thought it would sneak in there by you one moment here and there. So <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Sorry. He said, I remember you were so like, oh, that's not gonna happen. I'm like, watch, it's just it's not gonna be too oh, yeah, your yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah. Per yeah, se. Yeah. But you're like, no, no. I'm like, yes, yes, no, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing that you're talking about is now that you've had all this time, it's been a, a full year that you've been a little bit over a year now that you've been more engrossed in the romance genre. Is there anything that you've regret that's been going on or anything like that? Cause I remember you saying that, like, Oh, if you regret anything, you'll let me know. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, well, Oh, here's one regret. I recently am going to physical therapy. Um, because over the years, my neck and back, I just had this old lifting injury and I've been trying to manage it, but it really started affecting my ability to work in these long sessions in the booth. And, uh, my wife was finally just go like, it's literally how you make money. Just go. And I was like, okay. And it's really, it's already paying dividends. So I wish I had done that earlier. Um, so I regret not taking care of that earlier. Um, and I wonder if that would have changed some things as far as my ability to work, but, you know, onward and upward and forward. That's how I function. So I don't try to live with a whole lot of regret. The stuff that we learn on, on the job and the fact that you Mm -hmm. recognized that self-care is important. Mm -hmm. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are like, no, no, you do this, you do that. And then I'll just, I'll hang on to it. You know, I'll deal with it. And it's like, no, you need self-care. Yeah. 
go to the doctor. Well, I mean, on top, I mean, this is not a job that you can do beat up and exhausted. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't like, it's just, it's just hard. You know, like if I, you know, there's tons of jobs out there that, uh, I mean, you won't do your best work, but if you're, you know, uh, putting numbers in a spreadsheet, you might miss some numbers, but like, if you're tired and whatever you can do it, there's times if I'm too tired or, if, or if my body's too beat up, I'm just not making the sound. Like that's just, it's, it's a physical impossibility to do my job if I'm not in decent shape. Um, it's just not, you know, I can't be like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungover. Uh, you know, not that I haven't done, you know, work hungover, but it's just like, you can't do that too often or you're not, you're not going to be able to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, so it is really, it's extra important in this job to, to make sure your body's, you know, moving along. Yeah. And taking care of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you can say, oh, I feel like I'm hungover right now. Is there a place in one of my books that I've been cast where the character is hungover and this will make sense? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I, I will say this. It is hilarious. Um, how, how much these characters drink <laughs> and eat and still have six packs. And I'm like, well, yeah, this is the this is the fantasy element of uh, the romance genre. One of the one of the many fantasy elements mm-hmm. where these guys are having burgers and beer and they have these beautiful six packs. And I'm like, that's that's not really how that works. Yeah. Um, Especially when you don't see them going to the gym either. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just you have to depending upon, you know, I, I study fitness. Um, you know, I'm a pretty. Mm-hmm you know, in and out of being a dad, you know, I used to be more fit when I was younger and not a father, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, the, the level of dedication you have to have, particularly in the kitchen to maintain a six pack, um, Mm -hmm. without being on, on something. uh, There's, there's a lot more dedication than these dudes who just wake up and relax with these women and drink and like, have a good time. And it's like, ah, just, yeah, just this beautiful. But I don't want to ruin it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm ruining the <laughs> the, the magic and the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean that we don't get all those lovely, you know, verbal affirmations from the guys in real life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, or some of that other talk that we like during specific moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gee, I wonder well, why romance sells so much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well it's it's better when it's written out because man that you know that can go real wrong real fast yeah yeah it's true and there's a couple of tiktoks just for fun that happen like that when they try and you're going no <laughs> oh yeah yeah or they there's been somewhere because romance is you know has been kind of growing and, and continue to be a little a lot less taboo than it has been some of the videos for fun are the husband trying to do some of these lines that the authors write that you guys perform and we listen to and we we're going goo goo gaga over them but then the guys try it and the wives are like Get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's and, not very nice. No, no. You get an A for effort. I know, I know. And I think one I saw was, oh, she was doing dishes and he tried something and then she just sprayed him with water. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now that you've also been here and more immersed in the community, has anything surprised you or, or as a good surprise about the romance and the audiobook community and the book community in general? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
the level and of engagement and how fun it's been with the fans. Um, I didn't think I'd live a life where I had fans or that I engaged with them in this way. I, that was not a thing that I, I thought uh, it would be in my, would be in my future. Mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been fun and it's, and it's been really, you know, um, that stuff is always, I didn't know what it would be like because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that don't like what I do and, or don't like me or how I interact online. You know, that's just, you're never, you're never, you're never going to please everybody. Um, so I'm, I'm shocked at how positive it's been, uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. It's like there's been very little pushback or things where I'm like, oh, that's that's not very fun or nice. Um, so that's been a really, really pleasant surprise. Yeah, I know that we talked um, part of that episode was about the fans and how we're narrator motivated and the interaction. And, and you were like, yeah, that probably won't happen to me. And I'm like, watch. <laughs> yep. Yep. I had no idea. No, but it's a that, good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that young man had no idea, though. No. <laughs> young, young man. You did uh, not know. No, right? Ugh, things you learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought it would be fun to get questions from listeners, and we reached out to your official fan group, Connor's Cuties, and asked them to submit questions for you. They were really excited about the opportunity, and they did not disappoint. So we'll try to get to as many questions as possible, but I'm sure there'll be opportunities, if anything, that we missed and we didn't get a chance to do today that we'll do it at another time. So because, you know, time is out. Good. Yeah. Yes. And that's the other thing that changed. You now have an official fan group. <laughs> I uh, Yeah. Yeah. Another <laughs> another very pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that right now we're like two people shy for 300 people. So cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So the first question comes from Christy Reitz. Now that you're no longer a newbie to audiobooks, what have you learned about yourself since you started? Uh, learned about myself. Huh. Um, I guess the way to answer that is um, it's very, the, the thing with audiobooks is it challenges your endurance. Um, I've done commercial stuff and that's about very, uh, fine grained precision when you're doing like 15 seconds on a commercial, you do it a bunch of different times, but it's all about the, the very, very like slight gradations on a word or the volume or the tone or whatever. Um, whereas these are, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of words. I I think you said there are 86 books out now Mm -hmm. and I'm still doing more. I mean, multiply that by an average of 40,000 words. I mean, we're talking about like we're, I'm reaching millions of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the ability to sustain that and make sure that, that, uh, I'm, I'm consistently hitting a certain level that I, I feel comfortable hitting. And I'm like, this is good work and, and building that into my life with my family who I want to be around and, and, and spend time with and balancing all that and, and talking to fans and, um, prioritizing and being able to to reach that level is is has been a learning process for me and and i hope i've hope i've been hitting it and that i continue to hit it and that i get better at it uh as things go on um that i'm able to produce the work that i want to produce at the level i want to produce it 
while also living this full life um, with you know my family and friends. So um, that that's been that's really I feel the challenge because because on the flip side, the work itself, I'm still learning about that. But I I I felt very good about figuring that out. That my my years of being an actor, it's it's a there's some quotes about like success that it's like the overnight success is actually like built years prior Mm -hmm. that it's like you, you know, I, it's not that I just picked up audiobooks out of nowhere. It's like, I had been building all sorts of skills that were good for this thing that I didn't even know, you know, I didn't know this thing, but that, uh, work well for it. So when I'm in a book, like that's, that's home base. I feel, I feel good about that. It's like, I, these things I know the acting and the audio, um, but it's building everything else in my life. That's been, um, a lot of the work too. Um, she also asked with the experience under your belts, is there any new or old accents, tropes, or types of books you want to narrate again? Maybe that's, that's the um, I mean, I, I, I seem to have a pretty nice rotation. It seems to go from <laughs> sports, mafia guys, gangsters, uh, billionaires, uh, motorcycle dudes. That seems to be my, my main rotation. And, uh, Irish has come up a few times and I'm sure there'll be other accents that come up. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I, I saw that question and I was like, I, I, the answer is no, because it'll come around. Like, you know, uh, I, I'll just have to wait a couple months and there'll be another billionaire. There'll be another, you know, like, which I like doing. So, um, there's not, I, I can't think of a book that I did where I'm like, man, I haven't seen that. Um, I'm, you know, I wish I could go back to that because I feel like, you know, I'll, I'll get to be that dude again. That rotation you're talking about, um, no firefighters or under, well, maybe undercover cops. I think you did something like that already. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know. So, uh, yeah. Firefighter I haven't done in a See? long, long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, so that, I mean, that'd be cool to do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure an author there is going, Ooh, I have a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as long as you book them now for sometime late the next this year, early next year, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Angela Sipperly, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. And I apologize if I'm not says money, family and work obligations aside. If you could time travel and spend one week in either the past or the future, where would you go and why? Yeah, that's a really tough question. Um, I mean, I'd have to go to some place where if I time travel, they don't think I'm a witch and kill me <laughs> for time traveling, which cuts out a lot of the earth for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'd have to find out if in this question, if I like blend in, if I'm able to blend in. Um, I, I'm, I've been really into studying the Renaissance painters recently. Um, and, but I don't speak Italian. So unless I have a translator, that wouldn't really do very much for me. Uh, I guess I go to the future. Um, I want to see, you know, there's a lot of pessimism right now, um, even though there's a lot of good. And so I guess I'd be curious to see if actually things might work out. That'd be good to know. That's true. Overthinking, but good. 
What's that? Is that you get into the questions? You're like, okay, we're going to process this. We're going to do this. If we do this, that's what I. That's what I do. I know. I love that's, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not the only one. Leanne Shorts asks if you could portray any of the children from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory now grown up and finding love. Who would you choose? The the chubby German kid is Gunter. Is that right? I think so. Uh, that dude. Um, and he's, he's grown up in Germany. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's like ripped now, uh, <laughs> because he like, you know, his health was at risk mm -hmm. and, and chocolate got him into trouble. So mm -hmm. he's like anti-sweet and he falls in love with a girl, but she works at like a tubing factory or something. Um, which is his greatest fear. Cause he get trapped in a tube <laughs> when he got like launched out of the, yeah. of the chocolate factory. So I'd be that guy. And that would be the story. So, and he has to overcome his fear of tubes. Mm -hmm. to, to be with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. She also asked, if you had to work a professional sports team as a, as a professional sports team mascot for one month, which one would it be? Uh, I mean, that's easy. Uh, my favorite team is the Patriots. So if I could be Pat Patriot, mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Or one of the Musketeer dudes. That would actually... That would be cool to fire off the muskets after a touchdown. Mm. Okay. But they do all that dancing sometimes still, right? I know. I know college ones, the mascots do more of that. Do the pros do Yeah, I don't too? know how much <laughs> I don't know how much dancing Pat does. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not much of a sports girl over here, so hence the question. Right. <laughs> Val Wall has a very interesting question for you, if you're ready. She asks, why is there fuzz on a tennis ball? Please explain this to me. Uh, so I, I looked this up because <laughs> I wanted to know. It, it, is to, it is for the game because you can control the ball better and it slows it down. Hmm. Um, if it was, the ball was smooth, you wouldn't be able to control it, nor would the court make as much a difference. So it's a different game if that ball is smooth. The way tennis is played by both men and women Part of that is due to the speed and the control on the ball because of the fuzz, which is why uh, apparently tennis players, you'll see them uh, handling the balls. I can say that to a romance crowd, uh, <laughs> handling the balls and seeing which which ones they like to uh, that that have the right feel for what they want to do for the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny how you also said that as if you did not know exactly what you were doing. Um, that just says and shows how engrossed you are. In, in I, know, I know, I know exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's every day. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Sarah McQueen asks, if you could have any animal as a pet, what would it be? Um, I, I was trying to think like, is this like, I, I can have an, like an exotic, like a tiger. Yeah. Any pet, um, any animal, any animals. I mean, here's the issue. Uh, I have kids. I have a mortgage. I have a job. I have a dog. And that's as much responsibility. Like if I was like, if you were asking me at like 23, maybe I'd be like, oh yeah, a liger or whatever. But it's like, I know like you got to clean crap. You got to buy food. You got to take them to the vet. And it's like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that more responsibility. Big tiger so uh i'll stick to dogs dogs are dogs are all good by me okay 
But if none of that existed or you had someone taking care of it for you and you can just have the fun part of having any part. Yeah, of any I animal. Mean, there, there is no bigger power move than like inviting people over. It's like, this is my tiger. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Tiger, yeah. it's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> white, a white tiger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely those are very pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy Laudermilk will ask, how comfortable have you gotten with the steamy scenes? Uh, I'd say pretty comfortable. Um, also, the, the nice thing is um, because I've been so busy, uh, if there's something that I'm not really interested in, I just don't do it, um, which is beneficial to everybody because why would, you, why would the author or producer want to hire a narrator who wouldn't do it justice because they're uncomfortable with it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the stuff that I do, it's, I mean, it can get pretty hot and heavy, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's not unenjoyable. So, um, there was, a, <laughs> I don't know if I told this story the last time I was on, maybe this hadn't, I don't think it had come up yet, but, um, an author offered me, this was fairly early on a book in the Omegaverse. Do you know uh, the yeah. Omegaverse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that. And I think it was your daughter's t- yeah. name or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Ooh, and on nope. top of that, I mean, it was also, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was non-consensual, which I, you know, I think that's where it belongs. It belongs in books. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that should be a, a safe place to do all sorts of crazy stuff. It's more about what I feel like doing with my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I'm not going to enjoy it, then I'm, I'm thankfully in a place where I don't have to do it. Um, yeah. You know, and there's plenty of talented people out there who either hopefully enjoy it or would, would do a better job. So um, that's, yeah, yeah, that's where that's at. Okay. She also asked, who have you not had a chance to work with that you'd still like to? Um, I don't know. I'm making the rounds. Uh, <laughs> I recently worked with Erin uh, Mallon. She was, she was somebody who I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Erin Mallon was on my list for a long time. Um, and, uh, she's crossed off now. So. Cool. And he's got to keep adding more people to that list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to, you know, every few months there's a new person. So it's like, I gotta, the, the other thing is I haven't been able to meet, uh, any of these people mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, there's there's audiobook conferences too where you meet these other narrators, and that hasn't happened um, in a while. So uh, the other thing is, I haven't gotten to know new people either. Um, so yeah, those are going to be popping up again, especially in 2022. So I'll keep you posted on which ones are going around that the narrators are going to be in attendance, and that way you can pop in and say hi. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because that's always the question that the listeners are like, hey, do the narrators go? I'm like, some do, some don't. All depends, you know, on the area and the cost, because those yeah. things are not cheap. But um, but yeah. Right. And ha- and having young kids, there's not a whole lot of travel at the moment. Mm-hmm. That'll open up as they get older, too. Yeah. Then you get to bring them along. That's always a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some people do like daddy. Don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> My kids like me. Okay. 
yeah, they'll go in stages. Remember that yours are small. Uh, yeah, you'll get like to them right now. Right now. Like okay. Now, <laughs> yeah. 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 It goes through stages where they're going to despise. They still love you, but they're just not going to like you very much uh, in certain things. So. Oh, uh, I do have a narrator for you that I haven't worked with that we've oh. been trying to do it. Um, Megan Kelly. I have not gotten to work with her. Um, she is a friend of mine and we just just hasn't synced up yet. Well, the good thing is about the community is it's relatively a small world when it comes down to the narrators and mm -hmm. the rotations there and authors also ask the listeners for suggestions. And so people are like, yeah, you should put this one with that one. Then, you know, Connor hasn't worked with this person. You should put them together. And so always an opportunity for their options. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Diane Hefner asks, what was the hardest scene in a book that you've had to do so far? Um, strangely, uh, it happened recently, the one I'm working on right now. I never know when I, I'm not going to say the title. Um, cause one, I'm, I'm, there's a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, uh, on top of that, I never know when I can actually talk about a book or not. Mm -hmm. um, but this one is just, I know some people were requesting just Connor. This is a just Connor book. Um, but, uh, it's very, it's well, it's very, very well written. Um, but it's very, very sad. Um, and in, there's a scene where the, uh, son dies, his young son. Oh. Um, and it's, it's been pretty tough narrating that I come up a lot. Uh, upstairs a lot to to uh hug my son during mm -hmm. those parts it's pretty you know my wife and i talk about that all those movies where the kid is lost uh or you know the kid is gone or any of that stuff you know you just watch it differently when you actually have a kid mm -hmm. um, it's just yeah it's it's not the same experience so that's it's been tough emotionally doing that one okay yeah those are always difficult Kids and yeah. dogs. Mm -hmm. Those are the two. They're like, you doing fuck with. And some authors are like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's an well, a dog. A dog is a little different because a dog, part of being a pet owner is like, you kind of sign up yeah. for like, I'm going to usher them into the end of this. Yeah. You know, that's part of your job as a pet owner is like, when they've had enough, you help them out. Mm -hmm. um, it's part of it's part of the deal. Um, you know, as whereas hopefully with a child that never happens. Right? Correct. Yeah. So that is true. But yeah. Yeah. But you don't kill dogs in movies or books. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. That's what's when really it comes down business. to. Yeah. Yeah. People, it's, they, readers don't like that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the movie goes like, no, do not mess with the kids and the dogs. Okay. Or the pets. So yeah. we'll have our limits. Was there ever a language or an accent you were having a hard time doing during any of the books? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I haven't done that many accents in books. Um, I will say, uh, there was, uh, I did, um, uh, one of the mafia romances. She wanted all the Italian spoken in Italian and it just takes, uh, to, to move from American and then in the middle of the sentence to hit it exactly with Italian and then move back to standard American. That can be tough. Um, you know, that's a, that's a technical challenge. Uh, you know, obviously native speaker, you hear native speakers do that and it's very easy for them because they're used to, they're used to both. But if mm -hmm. you're, 
I'm not a native Italian speaker. So like it takes effort for me to, to make that accent, but it's supposed to sound easy in the sentence. I didn't want it to sound like there's a, there's a, there was an SNL sketch with, with uh, Jimmy Smith's, I think it was. And they, they were like, would you like some enchilada? Like they would, they would hit all the, me- the Mexican foods, like in, their, and he was, in the sketch. He's like, you don't have to say it like that. Mm. Um, so they were like overdoing it to make it sound really Spanish. Um, and I, I didn't want it to sound like that, but she, but she really wanted the Italian. So that, that was a difficult, uh, a difficult one, which hopefully, which hopefully I accomplished. Also, that's part of the magic that performing these books caused for you guys as the narrator. You're thinking about all these options and processes and making sure it's not too much. And we get the finished product where everything's done and we just enjoy. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was a, uh, that podcast I did, we did with uh, Mackenzie uh-huh. and Kaylee. I talked about that. It's like, because they asked me, like, do you enjoy the, and it's like, it's just not the same thing. It's cooking the meal. It's not eating it. Yeah. Um, there's tons of enjoyment there, but it's a completely different experience. Not the same thing. Like, I do enjoy figuring that out. Like, I, you know, I enjoy my job, but it's not, you know, I'm sitting there receiving this thing. I am creating it. And there's tons of joy and fun there, but it is a completely different experience. So I am not, experiencing these books in the same way which is also a great why to have that relationship with the listeners where they can tell you like oh my god this was so good or you did such a great job yeah i mean yeah it's yeah it's interesting to hear what hits um what what people engage with yeah that is cool because i never know like i'm just trying to do the work and you know at a certain point you just have to release it into the world and how people take it people take it so speaking of kaylee Loring, she um, pop, um, dropped in a couple of questions here. She says, I seem to recall you saying in an interview from a year ago that you wanted to be a cartoon when you grew up. And that was very intriguing. What cartoon did you like as a kid? And if you had to grow up to be a cartoon, what would that cartoon character look and sound like? Um, so my probably all-time favorite cartoon is Batman, the animated series. Um, that was my favorite, uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, X-Men, uh, I posted reboot, uh, uh, Lacey was asking about, I saw on Twitter was asking about Saturday morning cartoons. I had a whole, like, you know, back in the day, like kids these days have it so easy now they can just stream whatever they want. But I had a whole, you know, you, I woke up, I woke up and, and I would wake up early man it's so funny kids can sleep in however they want and they wake up early and parents want to sleep in but they have to wake up early for life it's just one of the universe's <laughs> great tricks on us um but i would wake up so early on saturday and i would start with captain bob who is the local drawing guy on uh i think it was pbs um and he would do drawings and i would do drawings in the morning with captain bob um, and then from there, I would have a whole schedule laid out. Um, and I remember I wanted to watch Pirates of Dark Water, but it was up against another show. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Pirates of Dark Water. I will never see you because you are up against a show, you know, that that I love. I can't remember what the, what that was. Um, what I maybe maybe it was reboot. I don't remember. But uh, so the, the second part of that question, uh, I assumed I don't know what my cartoon would look like because I assumed it was a lot like acting where you would go to the cartoon college 
and then you could transform into whatever they needed um, for the show. Mm. That was what I thought when I was like four. Okay. Um, was that you? You know, I it would be it would be I would apply to the role. It wouldn't be what I would carry around. So if you thought it was more about you carrying it around, so she's like, would you be like an animal or some cuter version of you? If that's even possible, is what she said. Yeah, I know. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get to go to cartoon college so mm. i didn't get to explore what that would have what that would be like so i have no idea mm. um though i would probably be more action superhero oriented mm. would be my guess considering that's those are my favorite shows and i love how she continues with the conversation tries to make it my fault that she has the option of asking a second question she goes seriously you're forcing me to ask a second question okay fine I'm like dude no <laughs> yeah poor lady i know right oh gee darn <laughs> As a follow up to the first questions, if you were, if I were also a cartoon, in other words, Kaylee was a cartoon, how would she figure into the story? Because it feels like a Tom and Jerry situation with you two. Um, yeah, I think it would very much be like a, a Lois Lane type situation with mm -hmm. her. If, uh, if I had a superhero cartoon guy, she would need saving a lot because she wouldn't <laughs> listen. Because she would get herself in a situation where I'm like, don't do that. Like Superman would, is much nicer to Lois than, than I would be to Kaylee as far as like, well, I told you a million times. I told you a million times. I'm going to fly you out of here, but don't do that. You know, and, and it would just be Kaylee getting involved in crazy situations because she wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. So, but then I would save her. Yeah. See, now I have this yeah. vision of her on a ledge or something or like hanging and you're there like giving her a lecture. Like, did we not talk about this? Did we not yes. say this was yeah. not? And her just rolling Look her eyes. Yes. And looking at you. Universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and saying, yeah. I'm hanging here. Hello. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it would be like. <laughs> I love her questions. <laughs> Candy asks, what's the best practical joke you've been a part of? Um, the, the short version is a friend was flying in and she, we, she wanted to surprise her best friend. Um, and so I took her, we went, her friend who was here, who didn't know her best friend was flying in. I took her for a walk and we were randomly going to have them like meet up. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that she was just there. And so I remember I pointed, I was like, hey, uh, do you want to go here? And when I pointed, she turned and looked and she literally jumped out of her shoes. That's what mm -hmm. I remember from that. She like jumped up and her and her sandals went flying because she was oh. so excited to see her friends. And that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, but that's not a practical joke, though. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a pot. It's a yeah. I mean, I think that's covered under the umbrella. It's just positive. Like okay. I, we, you know, I mm -hmm. pretended we were doing this thing, but it wasn't actually the thing that I said. So. Oh, okay. Good. Well, I like those kind of jokes like that, that are positive yeah. and have a good outcome because the other ones can get people killed <laughs> Right. <laughs> or put in a time out for a very long time. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what sports would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Oh, what sports would be? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think like uh, wiffle ball is pretty good drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I feel like we, we as a species have figured out which games work drunk, except for darts. I don't know why darts Ooh. are a bar, um, but <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't That's believe. True. 
that people are like, what's a good game to play in a bar? It's like, well, we'll have these sharp pointy things that we throw um, as we get drunker and drunker. It's like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Um, I think uh, curling would be hilarious. Drunk. Uh, curling would be the funniest sport drunk for sure. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, now they not only the darts, but I think now some places um, that are specific for like axe throwing are inclusive of alcohol and we're going okay mm. okay mm. <laughs> that's not a good combo <laughs> yeah let's see uh julia marisa asks do you have any siblings and if so what have you learned from them uh i have a younger brother and because he's my younger brother i have learned nothing from him i'm the <laughs> i know everything so not the answer is nothing Got it. What do you think he's learned from you being the wise, older, mature brother? Uh, nothing, because he doesn't listen. So nothing. <laughs> the answer is nothing both ways. And that is such a typical sibling answer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Michelle Bustard had a couple of rapid fire questions for you. And uh, so if you're ready. Yep. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas, though Halloween's a close second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dressing up is always fun. Well, I I'm, I would joke with people. It's like Halloween is a is a is a holiday that ages with you, whereas mm-hmm. in the beginning it's about candy, you know, physical eating candy, and then later on in later years it's about eye candy. So <laughs> I've I've always appreciated the Mean Girls Girl Halloween type deal. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think people do anymore. But back when I was young, that's when that's what people would do. Yeah. Well, there's still some stuff going on like that. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Favorite sports? Uh, football, for sure. Football is top. It's not even close. Favorite type of foods or cuisine, like Italian, Chinese? Uh, Italian, for sure. Though uh, Mexican is also up there. And last, uh, favorite video game? Uh... I'd say all time, this is probably not an answer that anybody in this audience would know, but Monkey Island. It was uh, a game released in like 1990. And it also helped my brother learn to read, um, the brother who would not listen. But uh, he learned, because that was before, before there was speech in games, before there were voice actors voicing stuff. Um, it was just text. So that helped him learn how to read. What about now? Because I know that you still play games, right? Yeah, well, I've been, uh, I played the Halo series recently. I, I play once a week with my best friends uh, on Xbox, and now we're playing Grand Theft Auto V online, um, running a criminal empire. <laughs> some, days, some days I go from being a mafia boss to literally running, you know, running drugs and, and you know, uh, armored cars and stuff in Grand Theft Auto. So it's just a whole day of criminal activity. I know um, it's yeah. a fascinating ability to just like pretend to do all this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's great. You know, why wouldn't I want to be a super tough biker? Um, great. Sounds good to me. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of Xbox now. It's a lot of console stuff because I, you know, and if, some, and if something's too complicated, I'm way too old now to figure it out. <laughs> um, and my best friend too, he used to be great at video games, but he's, he's a dad too. 
Um, his kids are a little bit older than mine, not not by much, but he stinks now. He's terrible. Um, he's fallen real, real far. Oh no! Um, yeah, he blows up my helicopter all the time. It's uh, yeah. Also, I'll I'll come back, you know, from a from going to the bathroom, and I'll be like, "You blew up my helicopter again." Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're dads now, so the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it's also the same thing. I'm like playing with their siblings video games. I would always remember playing uh, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat and having mm-hmm. to pause it for a second. And then all of a sudden I come back. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you killed me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it goes, well, you left. Yeah, like, I'm going to say that's more on you. I mean, you should have <laughs> known better. There is no way that 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 your sibling wasn't going to take advantage of that. <sighs> yeah, I'm like, there's no honor. <laughs> It's yeah. okay. I usually kick their asses anyways in video games, so we were fine. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah, no, those video games nowadays are like, whoa, there's a lot more strategic thinking and planning that involves. And I'm like, can I just have Super Mario Brother jumping on mushrooms? Well, when we played Halo, we bought like you could get the five game series of like all the previous games. There was like 30 bucks or whatever. And we were playing through and we were like shooting the shit or whatever during it. And we we reached like game three or four. And I was like, I still, I don't, I don't have any idea what the story is. I have no idea why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> I have no, no concept of who this person is. You know, like I, I still don't know. We, we finished most of the series and I was like, no idea, no idea what anyone was doing for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but I knew who I needed to shoot. So I guess that was the most important yeah. thing. Yeah. little stress relief there for sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Michelle Sutton says, borrowing this question from Kaylee with her permission, do you ever use accents in real life to just entertain yourself or mess with people? Like when you're talking to a customer service person on the phone, do you ever use an Irish accent? Uh, I don't anymore. There was one uh, Halloween party I went to where I spoke in an, I don't know if I can't remember if it's an Irish or Scottish accent for pretty much the whole time because nobody knew me there. I think it was in Chicago. Um, but then, <laughs> then I met a girl that I was kind of interested in. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, sh- shit. Um, cause that's a tough, like, I was like, I'm not going to see these people again. It doesn't matter. And I was like, well, kind of want to see her again. Um, and it's like, but nothing, no, it, it didn't really come to anything where I didn't have to figure out, uh, how to be like, actually, I don't, I don't really sound like that. Uh, that was a big lie that I was doing. Um, <laughs> so always a good conversation piece anyways <laughs> yeah yeah she said she recently heard your voice a cocky rooster in the love interest and the doggy's dog that ever dogs in fearless do you have any other animal voices in your wheelhouse either from other books maybe that you've used when telling your children bedtime stories if so what would would you um, to demonstrate there you go I so i I did, I did a series for a company that shall remain nameless. It was like for like internal whatever. Um, and it was Larry the Llama. And he was like kind of, he was like an employee who wasn't very good, but he thought he was awesome. Um, and he, he thought he was like the shit. And I, and I, the, the way these animal voices happen is like, I'll just take whatever inspiration the writing is mm-hmm. and then I'll figure out later what I was doing. And so for that guy, he was half the Californian sketch from SNL and half Bill Simmons, who's a, who's a sports podcaster dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I forget, I forget who the inspiration for the dog was, 
Um, and then the inspiration for Goliath, I didn't realize un un until weeks later what I was channeling. Um, and I told Kaylee this in a text later. And I was like, I figured out why I made Goliath's voice that way. Uh, somewhere in the back of my brain was uh, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots, <laughs> licking himself and then turning around to be like Shrek. And it's like, for you, baby, I could be. Um, that, <laughs> I realized like, that's where that came from. That's why I was doing it that way. Um, so <laughs> that's a little, little, little secret tidbit on what I was chanting, which I didn't know at the time. When I was doing it, I was like, I don't know why he sounds this way, but this is just how I hear him. Yeah. Got it. Now it makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Somebody will have to write more animal characters, and then we'll have to see what, what comes out. Well, there's a couple. I think Pippa, uh, Pippa Grant sometimes includes animals in her book, but I don't know if they all talk or not, but still. I see. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. I'm sure there's authors out there that will actually just add that just because they want you to narrate the book now. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Karen Hoffman says, will we be hearing more of the Jack Irons voice in future series? Wow, that was fun to listen to. Uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody writes a, a Southern, you know, investigator, FBI, CIA, Jason Bourne type dude. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's up to the author. I'm more than happy to to dust off that voice if it makes sense for whoever whoever writes that guy. Okay. Do you have a ritual or routine that you do before sitting down to record the audio, such as anything like straightening your strengthening your vocal cords? Um, no, hydration is super important, um, and. What I've actually started doing now is trying to build into my day. Um, I found that it's not some days I wake up and I'm good to go. And some days I wake up and it's just for whatever reason, um, the weather changed and stuff's a little more tired. Um, I used to try and force that, which would just make my days long and the sessions long and not go very well. So now I try and um, work with it a little bit and I'll do other stuff. Um, and then I'll come back to it in the afternoon or the, or the evening. Um, and so I kind of improv it a little more as far as when I work, as opposed to being rigid, uh, in a routine schedule. That's actually all the questions we got through all of them. Great. So from cool. the, from the listeners, I have a few cause you know, me, um, sure. <laughs> and I promise they're nice. They're not going to be anything crazy. What do you wish you've had known 10 years ago? Oh, I wish I had known 10 years ago. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not a person who lives with regret. I'm pretty happy with my choices and my life and who's in there. Um, I've had some death in my family. So I suppose spending more time with those people before they left um, would be really the only thing that I wish I had done. It's good. The whole living with regret sucks. It's uh... I just don't, I just don't do it. I, you know, I, there was a person in my life who would harp on the past and be negative. And I told my wife this recently, I was like, the only, the only place you can't go is the past. You live in the present and you go to the future. 
the past is the only one you can't go back to. So to spend that much time and energy on it, it's just, I mean, you can't go, you can't go back. So I just don't see the point. It's also a matter of just like, okay, acknowledging it, learning from it, figuring out Mm -hmm. where to go from there and then moving forward and making sure that you don't either put yourself in that situation again, or you learn from it or, you you know, stuff like that. And then just move on because otherwise it gets very, very dark and gloomy and you get stuck. And that's good. Yep. Last one. What song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? Oh, what song? Mm -hmm. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. It's a go-to karaoke song. It's part of it too. Karaoke is fun. Looking forward to being able to go places and have fun like that again. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So Connor, before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on? If you can share and what's coming up next for you? Um, Again, I never know with books. I am hard at work on that solo book. Uh, There will be more. Um, So if you're sick of me, too bad. There's a ton (laughs) more coming. Um, If you missed out on the lift for... Uh, autism auction if you didn't win if you weren't the one person who won i am doing another auction item and it's going to be an accent medley um so i will do a piece like one piece and a bunch of different accents along with the winner's name uh in a bunch of different accents so uh i will be posting that soon um it's a completely different charity thing Cool. Yep, I will make sure to get that information included in the links in the post so we can people can reference it. Cool. Great. And thanks again. That lift up for autism was a phenomenal event that happens. I think it's been going on for a few years now, and it's a great cause. And uh, we thank yeah. the writers that participated. So. Yeah, yeah, and well, and thanks to everyone who bid. Um, yes. It's really appreciated. My my nephew has autism, so mm-hmm. um, it's a great cause. Thank you so much, Connor, for taking the time and coming back to hang out with me. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for having me, Viv. (laughs) You were right there, right at the start of all this craziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to do. But man, it is it is the eye of the storm. It's been crazy. Well, you know, it ebbs and flows and you'll get the hang of it and you'll figure out the schedules a lot better as the years progress. And, you know, it gets to the point where it's uh, running so smoothly. You're like, I cannot believe I ever thought this was difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, right before I reach where I'm, where it's going to run smoothly, I assume AI will take over all our jobs. Oh so. God, no, never. Of course. Now they start howling. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yes. Well, they're, they're telling you you're done. No, they're telling me we're by myself. They all left me. Yeah. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's raven that starts it's like oh my god we've been left alone and abandoned and i'm like shut it well, i'm still here bro <laughs> they're like yeah. oh and they look at you like oh you're here <laughs> i'm like hmm. if you're not following connor on social media you should you can find his links in the episode post at viviana enchantress of books and until next time happy listenings a heartfelt thank you to all of our audiobook love and podcast patreon Special thanks to Jen Franklin, Brittany Cottingham, Leanne Schwartz, Christy Reitz, Chrissy Font, Rhonda Pezzarello, Evelyn Clarisi, Michelle DaCosta, Michelle Bestard, Farrah Blair, 
Candice Platel, Carol Liebner, Bethany Crane, Jennifer Mirabelli, Kaylee Loring, Victoria Butler, Rula Hart, Carrie Wallace, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darsh, Valerie Wall, Sarah McQueen, Lena Black Patterson, Nixley Zenner, and Nancy Billows. The Audiobook Lovin' Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.